It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. There will be a day, I promise you, where we will not we will not start every story here on this program with as we have seen while combating the coronavirus. The impact of the coronavirus is being felt in this way and that way. As we look back on our experience while combating the coronavirus, th- there will be we're going to get through this. I promise you that at some point, this will be a distant memory. You and I, while enjoying a wonderful, robust economy, uh, full employment, we'll be able to move around freely. We will someday be able to look back and reminisce on this, on this experience through which we are passing here together. But right now, we are still in the middle of it. Right now, we are still feeling the impact uh, of this threat. And we are starting to analyze the response by uh, various governments here in this nation. Some of the precautions which have been taken, some of the uh, uses of force, some of the liberties which have been, which have been you know, taken from us as citizens in the name of limiting the spread of the coronavirus. Well, I have in front of me an article published in the Deseret News, written by Tad Walsh, who joins me here now. The headline reads, Latter-day Saint Apostle says pandemic is a wake-up call about the fragility of religious freedom. Yeah, it's Elder David A. Bednar of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He, in an address yesterday, uh, participating in an event, said that while believers and their religious organizations must be good citizens in a time of crisis, we cannot allow government officials to treat the exercise of religion as simply non-essential. Strong terms. Tad Walsh joins me now of the Deseret News. Sir, how are you? I'm very well. How are you, Lee? Not too bad at all. You have been covering uh, issues relating to religious freedom. You have been covering issues relating to uh, not only the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, but of religions across the globe. Have you have you yet seen uh, uh, such a religion speak out uh, in terms of these, sh- uh, these strong? Uh, this was a very strong statement. Uh, I think we have seen uh, different evangelical leaders uh, throughout the, the pandemic make some statements and, and keep their meetings open. But this, um, this statement was, uh, you know, a, a really strong look at the Constitution and the First Amendment protection of the free exercise of religion and was, it was a very strong statement that adds to the, the discussion going on around the world. And it is essentially that you know, various governors and other, you know, individuals empowered to make decisions like this uh, had said in, in some regions that religious gatherings were uh, against the law, were counter to uh, the guidelines and what was possible for certain communities. And as we now kind of take a step back and look and we see uh, other you know, quote-unquote, essential activities being allowed to take place when religious gatherings were not. Uh, These are the types of reactions that we're seeing. What stood out the most to you from uh, Elder Bednar's address? 
Well, I, I think uh, it, what stood out the most was, you know, clearly he is chafing at the idea that there are um, so many secular and business uh, concerns that were allowed to be open and were deemed essential when the free exercise of religion protected by the First Amendment was not equally protected um, by some by some governors. Now, there's been some discussion, I know, in Utah about his uh, speech uh, at the BYU Religious Freedom Annual Review yesterday, but he did not refer to Utah at all, did not make any statements. And my understanding from the church is they've been very happy with the way they've been able to work with the state. And, of course, the church closed earlier than most governments asked for all across the world, um, closed down their meetings and things. But his problem was seeing that, for example, a lawyer could meet with a, a legal client, um, a doctor could meet with a patient, uh, a caregiver could meet about nutritional needs with a client, but in many cases a clergy member could not meet with a, a member of their faith to minister spiritually. And his his point was that while public health is essential, spiritual health is at least equally essential. And he also talked about gathering, literally, literally gathering together to worship. And he talked about that being an especially powerful element of various doctrines, in particular that of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and that to gather together is indeed a, 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 an exercise of religion, a freedom of religion. It is, absolutely. Uh, and that's why you will see Latter-day Saint leaders often use the phrase exercise of religion, the free exercise of religion, instead of just religious freedom or religious liberty, because there are some, they feel, who are working to infringe on the exercise of religion and want people of faith to stay home and stay out of the public square and not engage in public policy because they feel like uh, those are things that should best be done at home or in private. And the Church is saying the First Amendment is very clear that this is about the free exercise of religion. Latter-day Saint Scripture, from the Bible to other uh, books of Scripture, say, listen, uh, you can, when necessary, worship from home. But he made a strong point that uh, Latter-day Saints gather in temples um, in, and for ordinances uh, in their congregation for the sacrament and for baptisms and other things that are, that are essential to gathering um, the family of Abraham and returning to divine parents. Elder Bednar, he didn't limit his comments exclusively to the experience of Latter-day Saints. He spoke about other faiths as well. Is that correct? Yes, he did. He talked about, uh, he called them uh, our friends, uh, was his uh, language, um, Muslims meeting in, in uh, mosques and uh, Jewish people going to synagogue, um, evangelicals, Protestants. He, he covered a wide array of um, the need for worship among um, people of faith, uh, of all kinds of faith, all around the world. I, there are some photographs. And, and, and that's something, you know, they've been working, uh, Latter-day Saint leaders have been working with uh, leaders of, of many faiths, all of those which he named, to try and ensure religious freedom uh, all over the world. And that's what this, uh, you know, the International Center for Law and Religious Studies at BYU mm -hmm. that hosted this review yesterday, they work with government leaders uh, in countries you know, on all continents um, to try and uh, ensure religious freedom and the exercise of it around the world. Yeah. Our, our time is tight. I have shared, uh, or will be in just a moment, sharing your uh, article on this event to my Facebook page. And I just 
Before I go, there are some photographs attached to your article which show the office of Elder Bednar as he delivers his remarks via video message. There is one shot over his shoulder where you can see that uh, as he delivers his remarks, he's doing so from a script. To me, that says that every word was poured over and planned and has meaning. Three words he shared uh, after describing the boundaries uh, which exist between government and the exercise of religion. He says that those boundaries must be healed, renewed, and fortified. Fortified, to me, speaks of action. I would not be surprised if there uh, is some sort of uh, action taken to ensure that these boundaries are not infringed upon in the future, and I'm anxious to see what that action may be. Uh, Tad Walsh, I'm grateful to you for your time, grateful to you for covering this story and joining me to share with, uh, with us, this audience, some of those details. Thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lee. All righty. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to continue in the next segment just after the news in our the, in the attention that we are paying to Utah's 4th Congressional District race. Uh, another candidate running named Trent Christensen will be my guest. He'll make the case for why he'd like to see you send him to Congress. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.